You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Cloudflare suffers from cloud bleed. The bug's now swatted, but it will take a lot of people some time to clear up their passwords. Spora Ransomware's customer service gives lousy service. Trump Locker Ransomware's just Venus Locker poaching some brand equity. Pen testers say they can break into most networks in under 12 hours. The FBI gets asked again how it gained access to the San Bernardino jihadist's iPhone. There's an update on the Moscow treason trials. Are you headed to Coachella? Hang on to your passwords. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, February 27, 2017. Late last Thursday, Google's Project Zero disclosed that Cloudflare was leaking sensitive information online. Cloudflare is a major provider of a content delivery network, internet security services, and distributed domain name server services. The company has patched the memory leak bug responsible, the flaws being called CloudBleed, and stresses that the problem with its caching infrastructure affected a relatively small set of the websites that use their DNS services. BitSite explains on its blog that Cloudflare's problems arose from an error in parsing logic that could lead to a buffer overrun that would output uninitialized memory content onto affected web pages. The websites potentially affected by CloudBleed were those that had either email obfuscation, server-side excludes, or automatic HTTPS rewrites enabled. Since many popular services use Cloudflare, among them Uber, Fitbit, OkCupid, and Patreon, and since data may have been leaking for some time, many researchers are advising users to assume their credentials have been exposed and, of course, to change them. The case is a cautionary one. It highlights the risk of third-party memory leaks. A number of industry leaders have weighed in on the issue. David Berman of CypherCloud points out that while most service providers support best practices for data in transit and data at rest, there's still a gap for data in use. We also heard from Kunal Anand, one of Prevoti's co-founders. He noted that this story is unusual and that the search engines began picking up the leaked information without realizing they were doing so. Quote, reputable companies like Google are taking the extra step to purge their search caches for this sensitive information. End quote. Anand urges the sites and services affected by CloudBleed to do API key and password resets across the board. We hope, like Anand, that this doesn't give enterprises migrating to the cloud or to infrastructure as a service options too many headaches. 
Shuman Gosemjamdor of Shape Security pointed out that this is, quote, one of the widest exposures of confidential and sensitive consumer data ever observed, end quote. While it's unlikely that all of your passwords have been compromised, he says, quote, the problem is that almost any one of your passwords on over 4 million websites could have been compromised, so the safest course of action is to act as though all your passwords were compromised, end quote. This should also remind everyone of what a bad idea it is to reuse passwords. Ransomware and DDoS remain fixtures of the threat landscape. F-Secure describes the ruthlessness of Spora Ransomware's controllers. The security company has been reading through transcripts of interactions between Spora's customer service and the ransomware's victims. Whether you're pleading poverty or asking for sympathy because you just want your grandchildren's pictures back, or even if you tried to pay but lost your Bitcoin because Spora's payment system botched accounts receivable, the answer is the same. A mechanical refusal to consider a discount or even show ordinary human understanding. But then this isn't surprising. There really aren't many Robin Hoods or other honorable thieves out there in the criminal underground. Those who have been following the ongoing Moscow treason trials will recall that Russian authorities have been careful to insist that the defendants stand accused of having handed information not to the CIA proper, but to Americans. Over the weekend, it's emerged what Americans those are thought to be. At least one of the defendants, Ruslan Stoyanov, is accused of passing state secrets to U.S. companies, notably to VeriSign's iDefense cybercrime unit. The accusations date back to 2010 and were leveled by the Russian online payment company Chronopay. Chronopay says it's looking forward to cooperating with the prosecution. Now that iPhone forensic and cracking shop Celebrite has revealed more of its available services, the U.S. FBI is being asked again how it gained access to the San Bernardino jihadist iPhone and how much it paid for any assistance. Security firm Nuix has been surveying penetration testers, those are the good guys, white hats, who test systems for security by attempting to break into them with the owner's permission. Nuix concludes that a determined hacker can generally get into a network within 12 hours. This sounds bad enough, but Lamar Bailey of Tripwire thinks the conclusion, if close read, is marginally less alarming. Bailey points out that most network intrusions still occur by exploiting known vulnerabilities that have been left unpatched. So his advice remains, pay attention to the basics. Why make it easier on the attacker than necessary? And you've heard of Trump Towers and any number of other places and products associated with the eponymous 45th U.S. president. Here's another one. Trump Locker. But the name is adventitious, if not deceptive. Mr. Trump isn't involved. And Trump Locker's not even new and huge, or huge. It's just a thinly repacked version of the old Venus Locker ransomware. Finally, headed for the Coachella Music Festival. We hear it's like Burning Man meets Bob Hope, but admittedly it can be hard to hear from one shining sea to another, so perhaps we got it all wrong. Anyway, we're sure it's a swell time, so enjoy it if you find yourself between the Joshua Trees and the Salton Sea in California's low desert. But there's a snake in the heavily irrigated garden, isn't there always? In this case, the snake is one hacker going by the Slavic-themed name Berkut. He or she or they is selling more than 950,000 user accounts for the popular music fest in the Tochka black market. Some of them seem legitimate. So watch your credentials and consider paying cash for your flowered headdress. 
Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Ben Yellen. He's the Senior Law and Policy Analyst at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Uh, ben, a story came by from uh, TechCrunch. President Trump put in a hiring freeze across the federal government, uh, but that is going to affect uh, cybersecurity, specifically some cybersecurity students. Yeah, so there's this really uh, great program. It's called the CyberCorps Scholarship for Service, and it allows students who have graduated with some technical degree to uh, have some sort of loan forgiveness if they take a job in the public sector. The problem is that with this hiring freeze, there are not many jobs that are going to be hiring. Only if there are you know, some vacancies will the federal government be hiring people using the scholarship. The way the scholarship works is that if you are not able to obtain a public sector job within a certain time period after graduation, then you are liable to pay back those loans. So it's not just that we're depriving the federal government of young talent in cybersecurity. And again, this is something that President Trump himself has said is is a critical issue. But we're forcing many of these students who may have been relying on obtaining the scholarship and getting public sector employment to be massively in debt when they come out of school. And I think it's it's a penny-wise and, and pound-foolish policy. So is this a situation where, you know, some students had, had headed off to college and made their plans uh, based on this program, uh, and, and now the, the rug is sort of being pulled out from under them? I think that's exactly what's happening. Now, there are other opportunities that are not with the federal government. The, the scholarship also allows people to get public sector jobs at the state and local level but you know the real bulk of government jobs relating to cybersecurity, because this is a national issue with national implications uh are going to be federal jobs i mean it's the federal government that has you know nist it's the federal government that has the cybersecurity task forces so it's it's 
again, while there may be jobs available for many of these students in state and local governments, we're still cutting off a major, major potential source of jobs for students who are relying on this program to go through school. Yeah, the article points out that uh, the National Security Agency, the NSA, has its own version of this program called the Stokes Educational Scholarship Program. And, and it's it's likely that that's exempted because of NSA's role in national security. But so far, OPM hasn't really issued clear guidance on this. Yeah, that's another problem is that there's this sort of vague exception to the general federal hiring freeze for military and national security. But that leaves open a number of questions. What counts as national security? As we've said, the president himself has declared cybersecurity to be a, a it, it certainly implicates national security. So does a program like the one you, you discussed with the NSA qualify for that? I think there's not a lot of clarity. And that's one of the problems with many of these executive orders so far is that the policies themselves aren't supplanted with clear guidance to federal agencies as to how they're going to be implemented. So it creates confusion and, and it can create real heartache for students who are relying on these scholarships for, for gainful employment. And really all of us who want the federal government to be hiring the best and the brightest, there's going to be a major talent drop off because of this policy. All right, Ben Yellen, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.